بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله حمدا كثيرا طيبا مباركا فيه مباركا عليه كما يحب ربنا ويرضى جل جلاله وعم نواله والصلاة والسلام على سيد الحبيب المصطفى صلى الله صلى الله تعالى عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا إلى يوم الدين أما بعد إمام المحاسبه says واترك كل فعل يضطرك إلى الاعتذار Abandon any such action which will force you or compel you to make excuses afterwards. Abandon all such deeds that will force you to offer an excuse. So essentially, what kind of actions would those be that would make you make an excuse afterwards? That would necessitate that we explain ourselves. Then generally my understanding of that would be that it must be something which we shouldn't be doing in the first place. Maybe it's something that is doubtful. Maybe it's something which is very suspicious. And we end up doing it, and then after that, we have to actually start explaining ourselves, putting out clarifications, or trying to explain what my intention was, or something like that. So just try to think ahead and not do that in the beginning. Because this is just maybe... We discussed some time ago all of those. Imam Hasibi discussed that as well. That there are a certain number of things which give you a certain benefit. You get a bit of a pleasure in doing them for a bit of a moment. And then after that, it just leaves behind huge amount of despondency, unhappiness. And this is a bit similar in the sense that we're doing something. Maybe we were in a place where we shouldn't have been. Speaking to somebody we should not have been speaking to. Going somewhere where we're not supposed to go. And then after that we're forced to explain ourselves because somebody's going to find out. The world we live in is very interlinked. There's hardly anything that anybody can do in this world and get away with it lifelong. Very few people, if ever. If ever. You can only keep, stay away, you can only probably do things for a while before somebody's going to find out something because we're human beings and we can't tie up all loose ends we can't if somebody's doing something where they need to take a lot of precaution in doing so there's going to be that one time where a person was a bit sleepy or tired or overconfident maybe maybe becoming complacent nobody's going to find out so let me just carry on doing subhanallah so if that's the case, we can never trust ourselves. You know, all these stories, you have people who did a scam for so long. Even politicians who did things, people in government, people in high positions who did things. and Even when they're 70 years old, they get caught. Towards the end of their life and then they have a really despicable end. That's really sad, isn't it? You do something for so long and then after that, towards the end of your life when you're supposed to go with no problems, that's when you have an issue. Ya Allah. That's why it is so important. One of the du'as, Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min khizi dunya wa adhab al-akhirah. That's a really important du'a. Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min khizi dunya wa adhab al-akhirah. Oh Allah, I seek your refuge from the humiliation of this world and from the punishment of the hereafter. 
because we all may do something or end up doing something whether inadvertently accidentally purposely in a moment of foolishness or whatever the case is that's why this is such an important dua if you want to keep everybody wants honor everybody nobody wants to lose their honor so oh allah keep us away because we make mistakes and the prophet sallallahu told us this that this is the dua you make oh allah save me from give me refuge from uh, humiliation in this world degradation that I get shown up, Allahu Akbar. That is really sad. And then there's punishment in the hereafter as well. That's the worst part. وَجَانِبْ كُلَّ حَالٍ يَرْمِيكَ فِي التَّكَلُّفِ Put to the side any such state which will throw you into having to be pretensive. Just be normal and ordinary. Just be simple and straightforward. The Sahaba were like that. They were straightforward. They were simple people. They didn't overcomplicate matters. They didn't have to do certain... They, they, they weren't used to and they did not put on the, onto themselves formalities. I hate formalities. Especially when there's nothing, no benefit and no substance that comes out of it. Formalities. There's no benefit that comes out of it. Yes, if there's a formality that makes something look good and it makes it, makes it look majestic or great or honorable, that's understandable. There's a purpose behind it. But to do certain things that functions, for example, which actually serve no purpose, they're just some inherited practice, right? We just, that's what you call takalluf. Takalluf comes from the word kulfa. Kulfa means burden and difficulty. Kulfa means burden and difficulty. Takalluf means to take on burden or difficulty. And clearly for no obvious reason, no, no uh, viable reason. Taklif means to burden somebody else. To. We are all what we call mukallaf, the passive participle, from Allah's sake, from Allah's perspective. That He has burdened us, meaning charged us, made us responsible to do X, Y and Z and to avoid X, Y and Z. That's why we are all mukallafin in Arabic, what we call it. He's given us what we call taklif. Right? He's made us responsible because we have to undertake that kulfa. But the word takalluf from that particular Arabic form, takalluf, tafa'ul, it means to do something in a forced way, trying to show something that you're not really wanting to do. That's kind of where it comes from. In Arabic, it's quite amazing the way you, uh, you, you can bring in these kind of verbs. So that's what it means, to show that you're doing something which you're not, you don't really want to do. All these pretenses. So, janib. Janib means put to the side. Anything that's going to throw you into just undertaking difficulty for no reason. Be simple. That's why one of the, definition, uh, one, one of the descriptions and characteristics of the Sahaba done by other Sahaba is they were aqalluhum. They were the least in doing, in taking pretenses. For example, you go to somebody's house or you go somewhere and, you know, genuinely they're trying to offer you something to eat. You want to eat, you're hungry. But you keep saying, no, 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 you start, you know, doing all of that stuff. Then that's wrong. But if you say, yeah, okay, I'm hungry, yeah, okay, I'll have a bit. And you have a bit. You don't like, you know, eat everything up, but, you know, you have a bit. That's what you call no takalluf. As opposed to that, you always go to somebody's house at dinner time, lunch time, whatever it is, and you always eat there, then that's going to look a bit weird as well. These are just some society 
norms. So don't do takalluf where you don't need to. Don't make people force you to do things which you would, you know, you can just do simply. Especially if somebody is giving something with a good heart. If you think that they're not, then avoid it. Uh, people who don't have pretenses, they're very easy to work with. Because you see what you get, right? You, you know, you get what you see rather. Whatever you see, that's what you're going to get from them. It's just simple. There's no need to then plan and plot and uh, second guess and everything like that. It's just a very simple thing to do. Then he says, in fact, uh, something that Ali radiallahu anhu said, which is very interesting. He said that, إِيَّاكَ وَمَا يَسْبِقُ إِلَى الْعُقُولِ إِنْكَارُهُ وَإِنْ كَانَ عِنْدَكَ اِعْتِذَارُهُ Avoid everything that will automatically make people reject it or deny it or question it. Even if you have an excuse for it. Just avoid anything which is immediately going to make people think certain things, even though you've got an excuse for doing it. That ties into what we were saying, that try to avoid places of doubt, even if you've got an excuse for it. You have to then really conceal yourself. So don't openly, brazenly do things like this, even correctly so, if you can, right? Which people are generally going to consider to be wrong, even if you've got an excuse for it. Generally, those kind of people, uh, those kind of things will be wrong anyway to start with. That's probably why this is being said. But sometimes we have cases where there's something which is culturally wrong, wrongly wrong, meaning it's wrong the way they see it, uh, but it's completely fine otherwise. Then in that case, you're supposed to do it so that you can actually correct it. But not every Tom, Dick and Harry because then they'll slaughter you. It has to be somebody in a position which will make people think if he or she is doing it, then they must be right to do this. And we've been thinking wrong about doing it. You know, I would say certain superstitions, for example, in certain backward communities or certain progressive communities, where they have certain superstitions. Those need to be broken. That you can't marry in this particular month or something like that. Well, go and have your marriage in that month. Just because people say that you're not going to get barakah in it because they think so. When is it? Is it between Hajj and, uh, Umrah, uh, Ramadan and Hajj, I think? Muharram. Is it in Muharram? That's just really ridiculous. Right? In that case, you should actually get married. But you know what? The mind will play tricks on you. Oh, people are going to say this. I mean, it must be wrong. And then if something little happens, oh, it's because I married in Muharram. You have to be solid in that case. I mean, it's not your responsibility to... Uh, you know, to, to go and make sure you get married at that time. But in that case, it's different. But where something is considered to be wrong, and it should be wrong, then you need to be very careful. Then uh, he says, Wow. Protect your deen by following someone. Protect your deen through emulation. Protect your deen through emulation. Now I'm going to read into this. I'm hoping this is what the author intended by this. Is that if somebody goes off on their own against what the majority of scholars we're talking about here. Again, we're not talking about what culture says. Because culture can be very, very wrong. Right? I'm talking about what the majority of scholars say. They go off on a tangent from that without knowledge. And they think they're doing right. They're not going to protect their deen. <coughs> If the scholars who are supposed to have studied this 
they're supposed to be as what the Prophet ﷺ said, Al-Ulama Warathatul Anbiya. Scholars are the inheritors of the Prophet. Then that means that there must be something with the scholars, whether you like it or not. Whether you hate all the scholars in your area for whatever reason. Right? You think they all sit on their backside and do nothing. You may think that. They, you, you, see, you see, what I've seen is this. Whenever you go to any area, they'll all start complaining about their masjid and their committee. I've seen that like, wherever you go, you start talking about the masjid, they'll all start complaining about their local masjid. And then what I've noticed is that somebody's going to be complaining about their masjid. But in another community, people were complaining about their masjid and praising this masjid. It's really weird. So in my area, they will be complaining about their masjid, right? They may be saying, look at that masjid. But when I've gone to people of that masjid, they've complained about their masjid. Maybe they're doing one thing, one thing, or two things maybe, which these guys aren't. So they think that those guys are, oh, what a wonderful masjid. Look at their committee, community, interaction, this, that, and the other, and all the rest of it. They're doing one or two good things. These guys are maybe doing one or two good things as well. Maybe these guys, they have good toilets that are always got hot water in there. That's a good thing. I've heard praises of that. I was with somebody. I went to a masjid and he said, yeah, no, this masjid. The masjid is doing wonderful work in terms of their outreach work and everything. But he complained about their toilets. And he said that these other masjids that he was speaking about who don't do much other outreach work, that's not what he mentioned, but he said they have better toilets. So we're always looking at other people and other things about other people, and we're noticing the best of them when we want to be self-criticizing. But at the end of the day, there's very few masajid that are actually fulfilling the role properly. Everybody's doing a bit here or there. Nobody's perfect. But just don't think that just because somebody else is doing one thing which is good, then they must all be good. Because there's criticism there as well. Or maybe the way to look at this is that your own people, you're going to constantly be criticizing your own much more because nobody's up to perfection. It's just a natural thing. But protect your deen by following. That's why another thing that I was saying is that there's an area which has a lot of good scholars in there. But when they hold programs in their area, they don't get much of a turnout. Then they got a scholar that is another prominent scholar from another area. When he came, they got a massive turnout. So saying, we need people like him. But bring him a few more times. Bring him two, three, four more times and you see the same thing as well. Do you see what I'm saying? Very few people can attract a massive crowd each time, everywhere. Especially when you become local, then people, there's psychological reactions. Oh, you know, there's a, well, he's here all the time. He says the same thing all the time, whatever the case is. That's just the way these things are. And people need to put this in perspective. When you understand this, then you won't be chasing after things which are not useful. Otherwise, you're always going to be looking for big name people who are going to come and inspire people. Alhamdulillah. And may Allah bless these people for doing that. But in terms of solid work on the ground, that's not going to happen. Is that all you want from your local masjid is to have a big event? And then nothing sustained on a day-to-day basis. You just want it that two, five hundred people, maybe five hundred people, maybe a thousand people came to your event. So what? What happens after that? Shouldn't it be that you're actually providing services on a day-to-day basis? 
That's what you should be focusing on. This is what people do. They're just looking for names that will attract the best crowds. If you're attracting the best crowd to then get them to do something, that's maybe understandable. So things need to be broken down to understand why is something happening the way it's happening. And is this something that we need to be looking for? Is this something that, we, that is useful? How is it going to benefit? Going back to this point though, he's saying that if you want to stay secure in your faith, then find a role model. Find a scholar. Find somebody that you can, you can allow to lead you in the right way. They may not be perfect because nobody after the Prophet was perfect. But at least if they're mostly right, then that is good. Because how else do people do? Even scholars need, even scholars themselves need somebody above them. Because the human being is very vulnerable. The human being after the Prophet وسلم, and then the Sahaba because of the fact that Allah wanted them to be strong. Everybody's vulnerable. Even scholars can be misled. Even alims of the deen can be misled. That's why even scholars need somebody's supervision as far as possible. And then those who are not scholars, who can't go directly to the Quran and Sunnah, they of course need help. Everybody needs help in this world. And the Prophet showed us that. He showed us how he was the, the guide for everybody during his time. Because without that, Shaitan is going to make you want to do things which are wrong. And it's going to justify. It's very easy to justify. It's very easy to justify things. Especially today when we're quite vulnerable in the face of all of the challenges that are coming towards Islam. People think that there's certain needs that are required. There's certain needs which justify doing a certain thing in a certain way. Even though the fatwa of the scholars is different. No, this is needed, brother. You guys don't. And those scholars, they don't get it. They don't live in the real world. Right? So you, get, you try to justify things. And you see some people who go on the justifying bandwagon. And eventually they just end up justifying everything. I mean, then, then you can even dress up as a Father Christmas and it's not a problem. Right? It's just, what's a big deal? It's all for the sake of attracting people and so on and so forth. This is what you call a justifying bandwagon. Everybody needs a guide. Otherwise, shaitan will embellish. He will embellish the deeds for us to make them seem right. That's why it's nice when somebody comes and corrects you. Because most people don't correct anybody. Most people aren't corrected these days. People leave people to do whatever they want. So if somebody is there to correct us, then we can learn from it. And then he says, وَحَصِّنَ عَقْلَكَ بِآدَابِ أَهْلِ الْحِلْمِ وَحَصِّنَ عَقْلَكَ بِآدَابِ أَهْلِ الْعِلْمِ أَهْلِ الْحِلْمِ Protect your intelligence. Protect your intelligence from the etiquette of the people of forbearance. Forbearance is the ability to see things happening but not react in a spontaneous manner incorrectly. It's to be very considerate, very, very considerate and respond in the wisest way in a situation. That's what you call hilm. That's why they say you need ilm 
but with ilm you need a huge dose of hilm to be able to do the right thing with that ilm. Ilm is knowledge. Hilm is forbearance. Hilm is like a wisdom of how you deal with your knowledge. So you've learned something and then you go around militantly bashing people and actually turning them more against the deen than actually closer to the deen. Your focus is to actually bring them closer to the deen to stop them doing wrong. But the way you do it is without hilm. A lot of people when they graduate from certain institutions, they've been in a very protected area, a very protected environment, where generally not much wrong is taking place. Everybody is, you know, very observant. When you come out into the world and they see a lot of looseness, they get very angry. They want to see a black and white world. They don't want any grays in between. Because that's what they've been used to. That's what's been drummed in their head. And rightly so, it's, got, it's fine. So they come out and they don't know how to react. So then they start being very militant in trying to correct it the next day. And the world doesn't work like that. After 10 years, they look back and say, that was the wrong approach. I should have been calmer about it. I would have gotten further. And this happens in everything, whether that be in your work as well. You can't change things overnight. You have, to buy, you, have to, you have to win people over first. You have to let them trust you. You have to set yourself up first to be trusted with people's deen, with their life, with their culture. Then you can start helping them with it. So make sure that your aql, your intelligence doesn't get the, the better of you. Where your intelligence starts to direct you in a way that is completely inco- incompatible with the way of da'wah. Da'wah has its adab. Inviting somebody to Allah, correcting people has its own adab. Right? And uh, the, let, let not the intelligence get the better of you in that regard. Have a heart in it. Have a heart in it. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for assistance. We ask Allah to protect us. We ask Allah to give us company and uh, people that we can follow. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect our deen, protect our aql, and protect and accept us uh, for the service of his deen. Allahumma anta salam wa minka salam tabaraki adil jalali wa ikram. Allahumma ya hayya ya qayyum bi rahmatika nastaghith. Allahumma ya hannan wa ya mannan la ilaha illa anta subhanaka inna kunna min al-ghalimeen. Allahumma salli wa sallim ala sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ahli sayyidina Muhammad wa barik wa sallim. Oh Allah, we ask you for your beneficence. Oh Allah, we ask you for your forgiveness. Oh Allah, forgive us. O oh Allah, purify us. O oh Allah, enlighten our hearts. O oh Allah, purify our hearts. O oh Allah, make our hearts the way you want them to be. O oh Allah, our hearts are filled with the attachment of many other things besides you. O oh Allah, they prevent us from turning towards you. O oh Allah, all of these things in our heart, they turn us from having full concentration of you in our prayers. O oh Allah, even when we remember you. O oh Allah, we ask you to cleanse our heart. O oh Allah, grant us an overwhelming love in our hearts for you. O oh Allah, grant us a love that penetrates deep into our hearts and infuses our body for you. O oh Allah, make us of those who are true believers. And O oh Allah, the true believers, as you've mentioned in the Quran, are those who most intensely love you. O oh Allah, make us truly of these people. O oh Allah, we ask that you turn our attention away from the dunya. O oh Allah, that you keep us away from takallufat, from doing pretense 
from having to undertake, uh, undertaking pretentious acts. Oh Allah, oh Allah, we ask you that you make us of those who have high resolution. Oh Allah, those who are highly motivated to do the right thing. And oh Allah, make us of those who have clear goals and ambitions. And O oh Allah, who then see them through. O oh Allah, above all, all, let us be of those who follow the righteous. And O oh Allah, who follow your ways. Who uh, Make us of those who make the halal and consider it to be halal. And those who make those things which are haram to be haram. And O oh Allah, allow us to abstain from the haram. O oh Allah, show us the truth wherever we are. Protect us. Protect us from being in the wrong company. Protect us from being wrong company. Protect us from being leaders of evil. O oh Allah, make us leaders of the good. O oh Allah, make us leaders towards the good. O oh Allah, you be our guide. O oh Allah, you be our guide. O oh Allah, protect us, our children and our progeny until the day of judgment. O oh Allah, all those who sit here today on this Sunday morning. O oh Allah, who, oh Allah, do not turn any of us away without being forgiven. O oh Allah, without having, granted, uh, without having granted us your great rewards and your great attention. O oh Allah, it is you who brought us here this morning. Without you, we would never have been able to be here. But since you've brought us here now, we take this as a good sign that you want to give us something. O oh Allah, there was no need for any of us to be here this morning. But O oh Allah, you allowed us to be here. O oh Allah, in this gathering of dhikr. O oh Allah, we, our dhikr is not of anything. Our dhikr doesn't hold any weight. But O oh Allah, it is your remembrance. O oh Allah, we're remembering you in this case. And O oh Allah, your messenger wasallam, has told us that when people gather together to remember your name, then the angels surround such people. And there is tranquility that descends. There is mercy that de- descends. And these are such people that anybody who even sits with them, they are not... They don't remain unfortunate and without anything. Oh Allah, if this is the case, oh Allah, make this a gathering of dhikr. Oh Allah, allow those characteristics to be applied here. And oh Allah, make us of those who have received these benefits, despite our shortcoming and our weakness. Oh Allah, oh Allah, we ask that you assist us in this world and grant us barakah and blessing in whatever we're doing. Oh Allah, allow us to do only that which is right. Oh Allah, protect us, our children, from all... The challenges that this modern world puts to us today. Oh Allah, oh Allah, we ask that you grant us the kalima la ilaha illallah on our deathbed. Allow all of the stages to, 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 to go very well and successfully and grant us a place in Jannatul Firdaus. And finally, we ask you to send your abundant blessings on our messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and that you grant us his company in the hereafter. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun wa salaman al-mursaleen wa alhamdulillahi rabbil